developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome to season four of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about unifying sales teams and bringing people, processes, and platforms together to achieve a common goal. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Susan Rothwell, CRO at Vericast. Susan, welcome to the show. Hi, Greg. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to, to talking with you about this. Uh, so why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself, um, as well as your role at Vericast. Sure. Uh, so how about if I first talk a little bit about Vericast, and then I'll talk about the role, because everybody doesn't know who we are and what we do. But, you know, Vericast has been around uh, for, for a long time. Um, as different companies, we, we've united under one brand called Vericast. So that's kind of what we'll be talking about today. But we're, we're a leading marketing uh, solutions company. And what we do is we help a lot of different types of companies, you know, find their customers with our print and digital solutions. And, and we usually use a lot of analytics and data. So um, we engage with good grocers, we engage with consumer package goods, retail, restaurants, the financial institutions, and we really help them kind of understand like the the consumer behavior and, and basically use our data and analytics to help connect them and then our different products to help actually activate them. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's pretty it's been pretty active, you know, over the past two years since consumer behaviors changed dramatically. And so, um, you know, it's been an interesting, interesting journey for sure in being able to use our analytics and data and portfolio products to help our customers. So me personally, um, I've been with the company for a for 15 years, uh, started, been in sales my entire career, um, started as a director, and now um, lead the entire Vericast organization, which originally consisted of different companies, which was at NCH, which is a coupon clearinghouse and data company, um, Harlan Clark, which is a you know, financial institution and checking solutions, and uh, Velasis, which is a marketing services and digital media company as well. And they're all now under the one brand, which is called Vericast. Well, so uh, last year, as you mentioned, uh, you know, you helped lead the company through a reorganization that aligned um, these these businesses under a brand. Um, and with this reorganization came the need to take all the siloed sales teams and unite them as well. So. Let's dive into that a little bit more. Uh, why did you make this decision with the teams at Vericast and what was the impact uh, to those formerly siloed sales teams? 
Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting, you know, to go through um, what I, what I like to call as an evolution or transformation, right? I mean, we we felt that as an organization, having one brand was really going to help us, you know, leverage our customer relationships as well as all of the different solutions that sat in the different siloed parts of the organization. So, you know, the first step was making sure that, you know, the team, not just my sales organization, but also the company kind of understood what, you know, what that mission was, why we were doing it and what the benefits to it were right uh, to the company and to the organization and and you know that that's um, a really heavy lift when you try to do that right because people are so used to their worlds but I think when you then kind of put that strategy and focus out there um, I think the key to success whenever you're doing any type of realignment or any type of reorganization is really to me two things right first of all you know, really making sure you have not just the strategy, but the data and, and the analytics and, and kind of, um, you know, the trends and things to really understand, you know, based in data, why you're doing something. And number two, make sure you're engaging people to be a part of the journey and helping lead through the journey, right? Um, and because that's so important, because that allows people to, to create ownership. It also, you know, gives you from a leadership perspective, an opportunity to really hear a lot of great thoughts and ideas. And I think give you a much better perspective on how you need to align, uh, how you need to lead through it and understanding, you know, your teams have a lot of great ideas and experience that just make that transition a lot easier. Can you give an example of how you how you uh, use data and business intelligence in uh, you know in enabling uh, what you were just kind of describing? Yeah, you know, um, I've actually just went through an exercise last week. It, it, it's a it's a practice that continues to evolve. Um, one of the things that um, I let my teams know is that we will constantly be evolving as a sales organization. Um, Businesses change, uh, the way people engage businesses change, people at the, at your accounts change. So you need to be constantly making sure you understand where the industry of the business is and how you we should be aligning to that. So you know, evolution in how we're organized, um, as long as I'm leading the team, will always be a best practice. It's something that we look at all the time, and not something that is, should people should be afraid of, but should lean into. So we were looking at one one of the uh, teams last week, and um, we were using different pieces of, of uh, data to, to lead the conversation. And, and those pieces included um, internal data. So we were looking at sales performance, right? Um, how much revenue was a seller doing? How many um, sales calls were their sales activities in in you know accounts? At what level were they? Were they reaching? Were they in the C-suite in the accounts, right? Like what was the hierarchy of there? So we look kind of, you know, what was the customer buying from us with different product lines? You know, had their have their revenue increased or decreased? So we're kind of looking at that internal piece of it. Um, then what we did was we appended some, you know, information about the client. You know, were they experiencing changes in their business? Were they opening locations? Were they adding new products or services or things like that? Um, was there changes in leadership? And um, you know, what was some of their strategies they were focused on? And then the final thing was perhaps is there something going on, you know, in the industry, right, that could be driving 
you know, changes in, into that business. And we, you, we, we uh, you know, accumulate all this data. And then what we do is we, um, we, we weigh it, right? We give weights to the data. And what ends up happening is, you know, one, in, out of this exercise, which was a, a newer, a little bit of a, a, a different experience for us in, in how we use the data, you know, we ended up looking at our top 200 accounts in one of the segments and realized that we have what we were called hidden gems, right? They were accounts that we weren't really focused on as a key growth account. But when we looked at all that data and the way we weighed it, it was popping to the top, right? And so it ended up, you know, creating a, a, a strategy to say, you know, here we have, you know, 20 of these accounts that really look like they're potentially in growth mode and we're not really aligned, you know, from a sales and, and service perspective to treat them that way and, and, and you know, engage them that way. So um, that's just an example of, you know, just last week how, you know, we used business intelligence and data to uh, look at our business and perhaps make some different decisions about how we're engaging our customers. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And that's a great example of how to use that to make some positive change in the in the organization. What about from the customer perspective? I mean, I could draw some assumptions from that as well that, that would be positives. But, you know, how do you think your your customers benefit from this approach to, to data and business intelligence and really just even just aligning sales teams? Yeah, so I, I think as a couple things from from the data and intelligence that we provide as an organization to our clients, um, it's been really critical uh, over really through the pandemic in the past two years, more so than ever. Right, the customer journey has changed. Um, you know, I'll take an example from a, a restaurant. Right, they're one of a, a key vertical that we engage with, and you know they don't know on a given day, Greg, right? How are you going to engage one of your favorite restaurants, right? Are you going to go in and have have lunch? Or are you going to, you know, call in and pick up your order? Or are you going to have it delivered, right? So on any given day, their engagement with you as a customer um, potentially has can change. And so that's, that can be very challenging, you know, for them to understand how do they actually engage a customer like you, right? Who's, yeah. who's changing their minds. So, we, we use some of our intelligence and our data from a from that perspective to help our customers, right? And and give tell them how they should be engaging, how you would respond, what's the best way to to engage a customer that would be switching channels, for example, like you would. So th so that's one example. Another example is that um, you know we ask our customers, right? The very first time we started uh, to talk about. Um, even really becoming one organization and combining and integrating the company. It came from one of our largest customers who was telling us that we're, there were too many engagement points from a sales perspective. We had too many people calling on them at different areas and there wasn't just one point of contact and it didn't allow them to have opportunities to have a, a master service agreement and engage us in a much more fluid way. And um, and that was really kind of the, the spark, one of the sparks that said, hey, you know, we, we need to be easier to work with and we need to be able to offer our customers more. So I think that was a real positive. Um, you know, I think one of the things that our customers are trying to understand is, you know, we were these four siloed organizations and now we're one company and, um, and what is Veracast, right? And, and in the rebranding and in the evolution of the company, really bringing forward not so much just our products, which, you know, were a display ad or, or, a, pay, or a 
mail insert or direct mail or a check program or something like that, but really engaging us at that much higher level of, of data and intelligence and using our technology and our platforms. So I think that's where we have some work to do um, just to really change that perspective and leverage that and, and really help our customers more along those lines instead of just a product focused organization. And so let's let's talk a little bit about the, the internal part of that um, a little bit more. You know, I mentioned we were going to talk about the people process and platforms um, and how those things work together. So, you know, combining siloed teams makes a lot of sense to do, um, though, you know, sometimes in practice, there's some team members that might be resistant to change, perhaps, or, you know, even if they understand the basic reasons why uh, some of these things need to te- need to happen. So, you know, in your in your work and your your alignment, how did you go about ensuring that the people part of the change happened successfully? And you know, maybe what would some advice be that you'd give to other leaders that are about to embark on similar initiatives? Yeah, I think you know, as I said, I think change is you know is really just has to be come part of your culture, right? And and I'm really trying to drive that type of um, engagement with with the the sales team and and the cross functional teams as well. Um, you know, I, I think it comes with a couple of things. Um, you need really need to have alignment across the organization. You know, when whenever there's um, change it it's not usually just within one segment say sales it all affects you know client services or it could affect marketing and things like that so whenever you're you're looking at like a, a change in a go to market strategy you need to make sure there's alignment you know across the entire organization and again like i said in the beginning that everybody kind of understands, you know, the the, the, sh- the, the short term strategy and then where we're trying to evolve to. Right. Because normally, you know, reason why you change is to stay current, but also to evolve into something else, which is more aligned to what what customers want. Um, so having some, uh, you know, some real clear understanding and really communicating that's key. The biggest key, though, is um, is really having you know, involvement of many levels of the organization, you know, people in the room while the, while the decisions are being made, the conversations are happening, um, having a, a voice, you know, in the discussion as we're aligning um, so that, you know, again, we're making sure that we have, a, you know, a very balanced approach. We have a lot of different voices in the decision-making process of actually how we're going to do this and why. Um, and and it's really important not only at my next level, but the you know leadership, but the leadership levels even below that, because they're really the ones that have to implement and take this organizational change, you know, to the sellers, right? So, um, you know, really having a, a lot of discussion and a lot of involvement and empowerment, right, of, of those teams is important in the change. And also to realize that, you know what, we might not get it 100% right. Most likely we are not. So, you know, we, we will make a decision, we will move forward with a decision. And, and for some reason, if it's not the right decision, you know, it's okay to change course and, 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 and make a change, right? We can't be afraid to evolve. And, and, and if we make a mistake, think we can't fix it, we can always fix it, right? It, we can always reverse if we have to. So, so I think just having some of those fundamentals, I, I think, so an example of that is, you know, we were um, 
one of the teams we were going to integrate, uh, it was uh, right after the pandemic hit and there was a lot of disruption to the business and we were working through a lot of things and we were on this road to integration. I mean, we had it all mapped out. We were going to put teams together and um, we decided that, uh, you know, one of the leaders said to me, I just don't know if this is a good idea to do this right now. It's rather distracting. We've got enough on our plate. Um, and I thought about it for a couple of days and I, I went back to him and I said, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't do this right now. You know, let's let's move it off to the end of the year. We'll reevaluate it. But, you know, we this isn't probably the time to to implement this change. So, you know, I think there needs to be some agility right in, in, in this process. And, and I think when people see that, you know, it's it's and know that they have a voice that if something's not right, we'll fix it. You know, they they have an opportunity to. Uh, you know, relax a little bit about the fact that this change is coming. I also think, though, one of the really important things is even though we are under one Veracast and I do have business, different business units or sales teams that roll up into that, you do need to keep some of the culture and identity of those teams, you know, because they're all they all work a little bit differently. They have different nuances about the way they go to market. And um, you want to, I always say we want to take the best of the best and mash it all together and, and put it across the organization. But you also want to make sure that you maintain some of the uniqueness that makes those teams really experts and good at what they do and 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 not not mess that up as well. And and so there's got to be a balance of, of you know, pull, pulling it all together as well as, um, you know, keeping some of that sense of their own culture and their own missions. Yeah, no, I, I, I love what you're talking about here. And I mean, definitely, uh, you're on the right plate on the right show to talk about agility. <laughs> so um, definitely agree that that, you know, it's a culture of experimentation that, um, I, you know, I love that you mentioned that you're not always going to get it right, you know, all of, all of the time, but you're not going to get it so wrong that you can't fix it and, and improve and iterate and, um, and stuff like that. And even if you feel like it's going well, you might not be doing as well as you could be. And so there, you know, there's, there's reasons to experiment whether things are going good or, or bad, so to speak. What role does um, data play in this? You know, so, I mean, definitely, you know, you talked about not wanting to, to undo, you know, good cultures that are parts of teams and, you know, yet aligning, aligning teams a little bit, you know, more together. How do you, how do you factor in the the data part of that as well, where, you know, a, a team may be working well from a people and, and process perspective, but, you know, as, as they would say, the numbers don't lie. So, you know, how do you work that, that, that numbers discussion in and still, still kind of maintain the, those great things that you already mentioned? Yeah. Well, so I think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we're in sales, so it's always about measuring everything, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, for sure, we me- we measure everything, but I think where you know if if I understand your your question right, like where the data kind of meshes together, is um, you know when we look at some of that the the business analytics and the business intelligence that we have, you know where are there opportunities as one Veracast as one organization for us to leverage the different business units and really um, give people some opportunity when we do that right so, um, you know for example you know we have we we have like a lot of retailers that are part of our our customer base and you know how can you you know we use some of our 
some of our retailers sit in our financial team and some of the retailers sit in our retail team. And so we brought together um, what we, we call uh, business teams, um, customer business teams, where there's like seven or eight customers that, you know, the different parts of our businesses touch. And um, we don't, they sit still within their own organizations, but we use the data from the different sales teams to kind of just see how can we continually push and get um, the customer to, you know, adopt more of our solutions and more of our data. So um, there, there's ways to, to use it in a siloed way, but also bring it together, you know, into kind of a one unified organization, because there are still sales teams that call you know on clients in different areas so some one might call from a financial institution area one might call from a marketing area uh, one might call you know from a, a procurement area right so we, there, there's ways to leverage that um, you know across one Veracast within one within the different sales silos as well you've mentioned several different metrics of success but wondering uh, I'm wondering if there are beyond revenue and, and specific sales targets. How do you measure or, or under, come to understand that a team is aligned or that multiple teams are aligned? Like what, what kind of measures of success do you have to just make sure that things are moving in that, in that right direction? Yeah, we so we have um, different dashboards so uh, that we look at from, um, you know, a sales enablement perspective, right? And and the and the reason why I say they're different is because the teams still are, you know, within their or organizations. I don't think that they all are doing the same things and need to be measured the same way. So there's different characteristics of um, you know sales success that we're measuring um, by team uh, that we look at. Um, and 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 those you know those include your basic sales metrics, right? Um, but some of them are different. Like so, if we have a new business team, you know, they're going to be measured a little differently than maybe a seller that's got a base business, and we're looking at you know retention and growth within current businesses versus you know new logo activity and and things like that. But from an overall company perspective, and this is where I was talking about you know, making sure that you have cross-functional, what I call cross-functional alignment. You know, we have, um, you know, we've got a plan this year and, and the plan is very specific in, in certain things that we're trying to do from, you know, launching new products, um, you know, increasing our technology, um, retaining our current customer base, growing that base, new logos. And uh, we have a, a KPI scorecard that we keep that really, you know, holds everybody accountable, you know, not just the sales organization, but is the are the other teams, you know, doing what they need to do to make sure that this this plan that we have, this go to market plan, you know, is executing on time, is hitting the milestones we need to, to hit in order to to ultimately, you know, hit the profit and the revenue goals. One last question before we wrap up here, uh, as as you've inferred a few times, there's there's been a lot of change in a lot of industries over the the, the last many months here. Uh, for other sales leaders that may be in similar or you know similar enough roles, what's a what's a piece of advice that you would have for them as they navigate the months ahead? Like what are, what are some areas they should be focusing on now if, uh, and may not be? 
Well, I would definitely say, um, you know, start, start, if you're starting to think about, you know, an evolution or a transformation of your team or the company, you know, definitely start with data, business and industry intelligence, right? What, you know, you, if you start with that base data, you know, that gives you the foundation. Obviously, you can interpret it different ways, but I think it's a great foundation to start. Um, that creates kind of the story that that allows you to align the strategy. But I also think more importantly, like you need to make sure that you start to create a conversation and a culture that, you know, transformation and change is is the constant evolution of the business. I mean, how do you stay relevant if you're not constantly trying to engage the business wherever it is at that time? And, you know, and you need to be proactive about it. I think it's really hard when you're, you, you, you wish you would have done something, should have, would have, could have, right? Um, and, you know, trying to be proactive and, and saying, you know, you know look, looking, taking that pause, looking at how the business is doing, are your assumptions working, are they not? And, and, and leaning into the change before you're kind of forced to it because the bottom's falling out or, or there's tons of pressure building up because you can make better decisions when that that's not going on. And then ask for feedback, as I talked about before, from your team, from clients, you know, from cross-functional leaders, as you're starting to develop your thoughts, you know, and you don't have to have the plan baked, right? As you start to think about things, I always say, you've got to roll things around in your head, um, you know, bounce those ideas off of people and, and get some feedback uh, before you kind of start putting some of your ideas down and, and start to want to execute them. Wonderful. Well, Susan, thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? You can find me on LinkedIn. That's for sure. Well, again, I'd like to thank Susan Rothwell, CRO at Vericast, for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkilstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.